And uh, yeah, so today is a family service. Again, the kids are with us. If you're a kid in here, can you wave at me? Children, hey, okay, we got some at the back. Awesome, thank you for being with us. Um, real quick, uh, it wasn't in the announcements, but last week, Pastor Jason, um, who is eating Chick-fil-A and wearing shorts right now, um, <laughs> talked about the Freedom Session. Uh, in just a few weeks, we're going, as a church, we're going to be going through the book of John. And this is an amazing tool that helps you to really dig into the Word and take out its meaning in, as, as it should be read. And uh, so these are going to be continued, well, well we're going to continue to sell these. They're, we would love to provide them, but they get expensive. So they're 20 bucks, and uh, I'll be at the back following service. You can pay debit, cash, check, however you want. Um, but these are phenomenal. Don't miss out on these. Okay, so today uh, I want to talk about the issue of uh, gospel culture. I think I have a, a slide if you can throw that up. God's not story, the armor of God. Not, we're, not, we're skipping the video right now. There should be a slide under messages with a title and everything. It's there somewhere. Um, this idea that there is, as, uh, as if you've ever read this guy, his name is A.W. Tozer. If you want to read some good stuff. Anybody read Tozer before? All right. Tozer is uh, amazing. He's one of my favorites to read. And uh, he's got a lot of good stuff to say. He talks about this, uh, this difference between the sacred and the secular. And if we look at this life, we look at people and, and, and me and you, we go through our day and we say, okay, well, we've got work, we've got to do this, we've got to, you know, shower. Or, I mean, don't ever say, I've got to shower, I guess, because that's disgusting. Um, you should be showering. Um, but, trust me, I'm in youth ministry, I smell it all the time, okay? Some of these people just need to put on deodorant. Um, but we, we, we have our regular life, and then we have our spiritual life, where we talk about the sacred things of God, and, and often, these two are hard to bring together. Have you noticed that? It's, it's hard to live this life and understand that, you know what, like, God, God's design is for us to have a gospel-centered life. If you look at Jesus' life, Jesus didn't take a day off and decide to go play foosball with his buddies and, and uh, have a drink and for, forget that it's all about, you know, the gospel, right? But it was the, the design that, hey, you know what? You're supposed to represent God 24-7, this is hard. This is difficult. Um, gospel culture is what we want to develop as a church. Gospel culture is a culture developed by a people who are fully dedicated to living in the power of God on a daily basis. Culture is formed not by words, but by living out a transformed life. Culture isn't formed by simply talking about God. Culture isn't formed by, by us simply just having conversations about the Bible, though those things are good and those things are okay. Um, it comes by living a, a life that's transformed and devoted by God. We get those slides yet? No? They should be on there. Maybe Pastor Chris, you can help. As long as the video is working, that would be fine. I work so hard on slides and, 
and then I probably didn't put it on there, right? So that's, that's my bad. Again, you know, Pastor Chris was talking about technical difficulties. Hey, yeah, I don't know why that thing's through there. There we go. We have slides. All right. Unfortunately for online, there's no lower thirds, but you'll have to just listen. Um, so here's the thing. Culture is formed by a people fully submitted to Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit. But we, we live in this world where if you've ever looked at this worldly culture, you can get an idea of the attack of the enemy. And if you can't, then my challenge to you would be to work on identifying the strongholds that the enemy might have on you to, to tear you away from hearing the word of God. Um, but if you look online, you can find anything about people twisting scripture based on how they feel. All right, We don't get to pick and choose what the scripture says based on how we think it should say. God's word doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change based on the movements of this culture. All right, this, this world changes, you know, if you, it's, it's like a flowing river, like it's all over the place, right? And so, but God does not change. And we can't let our culture get to us. For some, Christ has become a project to be promoted or a cause to be served instead of a Lord to be obeyed. And I think if we obeyed God instead of just serving the cause, maybe we would see more of his hands on our life. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. There is supposed to be an actual power that happens that is uh, revealed through God's people, through the church, when we live according to his purposes and his plans. Now, I don't like to, to get angry so often, but for, from time to time, well, first of all, A, it's uh, roll up the rim. And there are, there are a few issues with roll up the rim nowadays. You can't roll up the rim. You slide the finger, right? You just, you just swipe. It's swipe up the rim. And it's not even a real cup. And every, and, but the, the bonus is that you can get it on ice caps now, so that's fine because my wife love, loves ice caps. But here's the thing. When I go to uh, get an ice cap from time to time, you know, I, uh, I order it with milk because um, Sarah likes ice caps with milk. But sometimes they give it with cream and it tastes disgusting. I don't know how you guys drink coffee with cream, because it's just like, it's just too close to cheese for me. So, cream just tastes, tastes terrible. But when I get it with milk, or with, with cream, I'm just like, do I go in and complain? Do, do I go in and get upset and slam it on the counter and be like, you made this wrong? And I have done that. I, not, I, I'm not that mean. Like, excuse me, you made my ice cap wrong. <laughs> I don't demand better service. In my head, I do. But it's, it's so easy for us to really get caught off guard and do uh, what the rest of this world does. I was uh, mentioning on, to our, our students on Thursday that if you've ever just paid from, like, for the person behind you and totally caught them off guard, they're like, wait, wait, wait. People just don't do that. People just don't pay for you. Like, like this is kind of what this... Uh, Cutting this, this tension between sacred and secular do is, is because we are being obedience of God. But how do we protect ourselves from this culture? How do we bring the two together? I think in terms of God, thinking, going back to the uh, ice cap illustration, um, in terms of God, we could also say that this world we live in doesn't seem to be as God has 
ordered, excuse my plan words there. Um, if we're not careful, we can let these things easily fall, or we can easily fall into the trap of feel-good theology where everybody goes to heaven, where everything is adjusted to us. This world isn't about us. It's about God. It's about the message of Jesus. It's about the gospel. People are twisting scripture and adjusting, adjusting to feelings and, and a gospel that we can twist. We, we want a gospel that we can twist to our own earthly culture. But we are called to be people of gospel culture. We need to be spiritually prepared for what comes at us. We need to stand guard against the work of the enemy. Now, every week at our old church, uh, Sarah, uh, if you don't know Sarah, that's my wife. I, I don't know where she is. She's probably up there with the baby, yeah. Um, she, she ran our midweek kids program because she's a kids pastor, okay? And so her, her role was to run what's called Boys and Girls Club. Now, Boys and Girls Club is uh, an old thing. If you've ever heard of BG Club, if you, you essentially have like these sashes like scouts, okay? You get badges and you earn stuff and, you know, you fill your sash with all sorts of badges for like verse memorization and, and you know, you, you, you give your life to Christ, you earn a badge, you... And then there's stuff like you do cooking, you get a badge. And so I don't know how those two come together, but they do. Um, and so every, every week they, they talked about their model commission and purpose. And every week it was all about the armor of God. All right? I think it's interesting, though, that the armor of God has simply become a simple kid's illustration than something that was actually meant for us as a church. You know, it's, it's a good visual for kids to, to learn. All right? And so... But the, the idea is that when these kids get there every single Wednesday, they, they learn that the armor of God is meant to help them to stand on guard against the world that we live in. But we need to be spiritually prepared for what comes at us. There are things fighting for our faith. Every day we go up against things in this world that have potential to steal a gift that God has deposited in us. And so when, when Paul is talking about the armor of God, he's saying, listen, you need to be ready. Be ready. Hang on to these things. And so because our kids are in service, I'm going to make this simple for you and show you a kid's video. Because sometimes showing a kid's video is easy for us to understand. But we're a, we're a multi-generational church, Okay. This isn't just an adult church where we just do adult things and our, and our kids' program is completely separate. No, the church is about everybody from zero to 150, all right? I leave a little leniency for the people who age very, very well. So, um, so Wilson, you can play that video. God's Story, the Armor of God. So part of God's story is about how God gives us armor, and it goes like this. During the Bible days, soldiers would wear very heavy armor. In fact, when David went to fight the giant Goliath, he couldn't wear the armor because it was too heavy. Today, soldiers don't wear heavy armor, but Christians or people who follow Jesus wear armor every day. And you should too. See, God's enemy, we call him the devil or Satan, often tries to trick us into believing we can't trust God, or that God doesn't really love us, or worse, that God's love isn't good enough. Basically, Satan will do anything to get us to stop trusting and obeying God. He pretends to be friendly, like in the Garden of Eden, when he tricked Adam and Eve into trusting him instead of God. 
But Satan really wants to destroy us. The good news is, God has given us armor to defend against all of the devil's attacks. And if you're going to be in a battle, you've got to have the right equipment. So the first thing we put on is a belt of truth. We need to wear this first so we won't believe Satan's lies, which often tell us we aren't important or no one loves us. The belt of truth helps us remember God's truth, which is that Jesus rescued us and God loves us. And we can be reminded of what God says when we read our Bible, listen to the Holy Spirit, and learn from others who believe in God. We also get a breastplate of righteousness. Being righteous means always making the right choices. Of course, nobody has ever done this except Jesus. That's why Jesus took the punishment for our bad choices. So when we choose to accept his rescue, God sees our sins as gone, which means to him we are righteous. Satan means the accuser, and he loves to make us feel guilty. But we can defend ourselves by remembering how God sees us. Then come your feet, like boots. God covers our feet so we can go and tell people the good news about Jesus. When more and more people believe in Jesus, the devil can't stand it. Because that means we are all telling others about Jesus. So God's kingdom gets bigger. The next pieces of armor you don't have to wear. Instead, you hold them. You get a shield and a sword. The shield of faith blocks the devil's lies. Worried God won't take care of you? No, God promises to give us what we need. Worried God doesn't really love you? Nope, God created you in his image. And the sword is the word of God, or the Bible. Finally, we get a helmet of salvation, which helps us remember Jesus rescued us, and that we are a part of God's family, and nothing can separate us from his love. That's right, nothing. And the best part? You can put this armor on each day when you get out of bed and before you go to sleep. Because the armor of God is here for you to use so you can fight Satan's lies. So no matter how hard the devil tries to drag us over to his side, he won't be able to. Because God helps us stand strong. And that's the story of the armor of God. So in case you missed it, here's the quick version. God has an enemy. God gives us armor. A belt of truth a breastplate of righteousness, good news boots, a shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and a helmet of salvation. So let's put on this armor and stand strong. And that's a part of God's story. Read through the, uh, this verse, uh, starting Ephesians 6, verse 10. I believe those are slides. I'm messing with Wilson today. I'm, put, you know, I'm testing his abilities because my slides are a little out of whack right now. Verse 10, it says, Finally, be empowered in the Lord and in his strength of his might. You can stop there just for a second before you go to the next one. It says, be empowered in the Lord, which means that, that you don't have to simply just wake up and just go in your own strength. Some... some uh, Verses say, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We get our strength from God. Be empowered in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Next one. Uh, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Keep going. 
for we do not wrestle in flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in, this, in the heavenly places. We are always fighting against something. There is always the, the enemy who is trying to take us and take us down and remove our faith in Jesus. Next, next verse. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand. You can go to verse 14. You can skip a slide there, I think. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness uh, in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Lastly, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions uh, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. All right, I'm receiving sermon tips. Thanks, Sarah. Um, I should go in airplane mode next time. <laughs> um, so he, here's how Paul urges people to stand guard. And if we are not careful, we will be uh, falling into the, the trap of the enemy who wants us to listen to, to people who twist Scripture to make us to feel good and feel right. But sometimes God's word is different than that. I think we need to be more prepared. If we're going to have any effect on the culture around us, if we're going to protect ourselves and help others see the good news of the gospel, we need to recognize that we will not be swayed by the movement of the culture around us, and we will remain, remain in a gospel culture. We will not surrender to that. I want to read... Uh, an excerpt from uh, Tozer's book. It's, uh, I think these are all collections of sermons. It's called Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. All right, so he says, Shall we surrender to the world? No. Shall we surrender to liberalism? No. Shall we surrender to apostate pro- Protestantism? The answer is no. Shall we, shall we surrender to the brainwashed churches whose preachers are afraid to stand up and talk as I am? The answer again is no. Our church, our church, is going to go the way of the gospel. We are not radicals nor fools. We, we, we dress like other people, drive vehicles, and have modern homes. We are humans and like to laugh, but we believe that God Almighty has not changed and that Jesus Christ is the same. He is victorious and we do not have to apologize for him. We do not have to modify, adjust, edit, or amend. He stands as the glorious Lord, and nobody needs to apologize for him. If our answers to the questions I have asked is yes, then we leave to our children a heritage of nothing but death. I say now, shall we believe the ringing words of Malachi 3.6? For I am the Lord, I change not. I believe them. Shall we believe that Jesus Christ is this, that Jesus Christ the same yesterday and t- today and forever, as Hebrews 13, 8 says, I do. 
We must believe the words that say, To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Revelation 3.21 We are not going to be sheep running over the precipice because other dumb sheep are running over it. Man, that's harsh. We see the precipice. We know it is there. We are listening to the voice of the shepherd. And hear this. We are listening to the voice of the shepherd, not the voice of the terrified sheep. The terrified, intimidated sheep are going everywhere. I stand solidly and protest this. I believe we need a reformation back to the belief that God knew what he was talking about in the first place. We need to get back to the belief that Jesus Christ did not miss anything but foresaw it all. Back to the belief that the apostles spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. We must return to the belief that our fathers who gave us the great creeds were not fools, but wise saints who knew what they were talking about. We must get back to the belief that Protestants are to protest, dissenters are to dissent, nonconformists must refuse to conform. Then he says this, Are we going to allow ourselves to listen to that which will modify our faith, practices, and beliefs, water down our gospel, and dilute the power of the Holy Spirit? I, for one, am not. And so when we equip ourselves with the armor of God, we can be sure to stand ready and know and understand what it is that contends for our faith. Because the, the, the good news is this, is that Jesus has already won against these powers, against these, these principles, against all of these things. Um, I'm going to invite the worship team back up here. I screenshotted a scripture, and now I've got to scroll through all my pictures. All right, here we go. All right, Colossians 2, uh, 13 to 15 says this, And you who were dead in your trespasses... In the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made it alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, that is to say he has made us righteous, he has made us right before God, that's what they're talking about, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He, Jesus, disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Then in 1 Peter 3.21 it says this, Baptism which corresponds to this now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been, to sub- having been subjected to him. So no, I will not lean into what this culture wants me to believe about Jesus. I will not simply believe that the, the, the idea that, hey, you know what, the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus either never happened or, 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 or it wasn't necessary. Because everybody just gets an open pass to heaven when they die, making the cross null and void. I will not choose to believe that the Bible isn't inspired. The Bible is the inspired word of God, and it is wholly true. I will not choose to believe that I can continue 
and go on sinning and doing whatever it is I want without conviction of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Because if I am going to be truly made right, if I'm going to walk in, the, in that, that righteous position, if I'm going to be put on the breastplate of righteousness and be reminded that Jesus Christ died so I could be free, then I won't be able to simply just walk and get away with all my sin. Romans, I, I believe it's Romans 6, it says, Shall we continue sinning so that grace may abound? And Paul's like, No. What are you talking about? You've been set free. Why would you go on sinning? When we put the armor of God on, we're reminded of our position in Christ. And so, no, it's not just a kid's illustration. It's something that is meant for us all to put on every single day so we could develop a gospel culture in our church that says, I do not belong to the secular. I belong to God. I am His and He is mine. So no, we will not be swayed to this culture. We will stand firm in the word of God according to the gospel. Christ is not a project to be promoted or a cause to be served. Instead, he's a master. He's a Lord to be obeyed. Let's pray. God, we just thank you. We thank you, God, that we get the option, the privilege to serve you. And Lord, I know that following the Bible and, and the Word of God and, and following Christ is not easy. Lord, it is so much easier to support causes and, and live a certain way and just love everybody and, and have everybody just get along. And, but Lord, we are here to stand firm on the Word of God. And Lord, the armor of God helps us to do that. Lord, may the gospel be on our tongue to share to others. May truth be wrapped around our waist. May we wear this, the, the breastplate of, of righteousness, Lord, to remind us, God, that we are made right. Lord, may salvation, may, may the, the salvation that you gave us and that you are working out in us be on our mind every single day. Lord, may our, the, the shield of faith destroy the arrows of the enemy. Lord, may the sword of the Spirit help us to bring Scripture to mouth to fight against the words of the enemy. God, we just thank you. you. You have given us everything we need to be in good defense of the gospel. Help us to know what to say. Help us to know how to fight. Help us to know Lord, where you have brought us. Lord, if, if any of us have strongholds in our life, if any of us are gripped by fear, gripped by doubt, gripped by anxiety, pain, shame, suffering, Lord, if any word of the enemy has been implanted on our heads that we just can't get out, Lord, may we remember, God, that the victory is yours. May we remember God, that you have defeated the enemy. He has no claim over us. He has no hold over us. Lord, you have made us free. So God, I pray, Lord, as we even uh, just worship once more, God, as we close this service, may, may, may we go fully equipped 
Lord, may, may we remember these things. Lord, may we walk out fully suited for battle. Lord, we thank you, God, for giving us all we need to develop a, a gospel culture, not a sacred culture. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just worship once more before we, we go.